you only the best conversations for the most pressing issues, this is The Biosphere, and we are hashtag empowering Earth. Hello everyone, I'm Kit. And I'm David, and we will be your hosts for this episode. Welcome to The Biosphere, a podcast that aims to bring awareness to different environmental issues through insightful conversations and themed episodes. Today, we'll be talking about the loads of possibilities in the pandemic, especially on zero waste. We'll be sharing our thoughts on different aspects about the topic and what we hope to see more of in the future. Pandemic Possibilities Zero Waste before anything else, let us introduce our guest student speakers for today. The first guest is an incoming IB1 student and has been an avid environmentalist since 2019. As the executive director of Bios Manila, he has spearheaded donation drives and projects tackling sustainability and conservation. Please welcome Tia Rolf Berg. Hi everyone, I'm super happy to be here for the second time. Glad to see you again, Tia. Next, we have a person that is an environmental education specialist for Save Philippine Seas and an academic fellow on global environmental issues and natural resource management in Young Southeast Asian Leaders Initiative, the University of Montana. Please welcome Jude Russell Kuntapay. Hi to our listeners. Thank you so much, Jude. We're so happy to have you as well. Before, we used to have speakers that were from the youth. And now we finally have a specialist here who can give us more insight into a view that we haven't really explored yet. So thank you so much for being in our podcast. Thank you very much for a very generous introduction. Sure. No, we are all very excited, I'm sure. I hope all of the listeners um, that are listening to the podcast right now understand how big of an honor it is to be blessed with the presence of Jude. The Jude. <laughs> yes, okay. So, what do you both think the major issues are with regards to zero waste in the Philippines? Alright, so the biggest issue I think that comes with zero waste in the Philippines is the lack of options. And although there are solutions to kind of minimize the waste that someone is producing, I don't think there are solutions that necessarily like make your waste come to a zero or like you produce nothing at the end. Um, and I think that is a solution that I think other countries also don't have a specialty on um, because it's kind of hard to find a solution that gives you zero waste at the end of the day. But then it's good that we still have solutions that help us minimize because that's the first step that we need to do. Is zero waste a misleading term? Is it? Like 50-50 because I don't think a lot of people have done like as in 0% waste production unless you're like super like an avid zero waste enthusiast where you have your own farm and like you take one shower a week. I think it is a misleading term because there aren't the solutions to it. But then I think it's also achievable. But if you put your heart into it. Yeah, definitely. I think not everyone is able to be completely zero waste because I don't think everyone has access to a farm. But I think um, the way zero waste is used is sort of like the journey to zero waste and not really having an end goal. So anything to add regarding that, Jude? 
solid waste we all know and the pollution brought by this solid waste can really harm uh, our terrestrial and our marine ecosystems because of the ongoing pandemic this situation is actually adding up to the existing situation already of the country with regard to solid waste management if we will try to look into zero waste then it has to be a different concept to tackle on because zero waste should not be an should not be taken as an environmental issue but it should be taken as as an approach on, on how we can how we can at least step by step solve for the solid waste management crisis here in the country. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much, Jude and Tier, for that introduction to our subject for today, which is the waste in the Philippines and how to limit that waste. So a fact that I read um, while I was researching about this subject is that the Philippines is the third largest ocean polluter in the world and the fourth largest generator of solid waste in ASEAN. So um, what are your thoughts on this fact and do you think it's something to be improved upon or is it something that we just have to accept? I think the main problem with this is that it really comes from like the improper management of sewers and drains because there aren't many treatment centers and waste facilities in the Philippines that are very efficient as compared to uh, more developed countries. Um, and as we see in the Philippines, there have been efforts um, to manage waste and we can see them in like, you know, the Boracay cleanup that happened a few years ago and um, trying to vamp up the Manila Bay with the dolomite sand. And I don't know why they did that. But then with the Philippines being so subjected to like typhoons and everything, all of these efforts, like they just went to waste immediately, right? So now we're back to zero again. The oceans and the rivers and seashores are still mostly polluted and people continue to use them as garbage cans. Yeah, um, I think it's a reality that we see all the time. Even when I'm, you're just driving over a river or um, across the like Manila Bay, you can just see how um, our our impact and our ocean pollution. Right, that's right. Actually, just to add with what Tier has mentioned a while ago, in the Philippines, we're actually making more. We produce more rather than to, and then we recycle less and we recover less. It's simply because of the structure of the economy of the country, which is very linear. Steer has mentioned this a while ago that it's 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 also connected on the lack of infrastructure, on how Filipinos can will, will be able to 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 help out, and the the data on Philippines as the third marine polluter in the world is something very shocking, because we all know that the Philippines is the center of the center of marine biodiversity. Yes. And we are part of the coral triangle. We are at the heart of the coral triangle. And if we will try to compare the countries there, so you have China, stop one, you have Indonesia, stop two, and then Philippines as top three. And if you will try to imagine how much waste our, our country or the, the, the Philippines is producing compared to two countries in top one and top two, which are technically big, bigger countries compared to the Philippines. So that's also a very good food for thought. Yeah, I definitely agree. But I think that a big part of it also is also the population that we have. Like we, the economy is something that we see every day. Like we're a big user of Tetra Packs and one-time 
What are those called? Yes, single-use plastics. That's right. That's right, Right, and then with the ever-growing population, I think it just we're just gonna keep increasing. So unless something changes, I hope. Yeah, I hope that. What do you think, Kit? Do you think that things Hmm. can get better? the problem is not just with the Philippines but also other countries that like to dump their garbage in the Philippines. Philippines is already struggling with their own waste and plus we don't have the proper channels to like recycle things. So even if a lot of Filipinos want to prevent waste, sometimes there's just not enough means for it or there are means but they're very hard to obtain. So that's a big problem. We're already struggling on our own. Plus, with all the trash and garbage that the other countries dump on the country, it's just too much for us to handle. And taking into account, too, that majority of the population here is middle to low income, then uh, I don't think that we have the proper tools to manage the waste that we already have. However, that's where organizations like Biomes come in. That's where outside organizations from different countries, that's where the UN can come in. That's where Save Philippine Seas also comes in. There's ways to do it without having to rely on the government or own self-funds too much because sometimes you can do something little by little, like by yourself, right? Like you can do it, you can make a small difference. But when it comes to bigger things, I think we all need some form of help or to work together to accomplish that. Yeah, for sure. I think um, all of us individually can improve upon it. And we were talking about it last episode, um, that rivers and seashores are super polluted and used as garbage cans. I don't know if any of you guys have um, come across it, but here in the Philippines, we have this thing called River Drive in Las Piñas, a city. And then along the river, there's a lot of houses, like stacks and stacks of houses that are filled with people. And I, whenever I drive along it, I always just see how the trash is just dumped from the yeah. window to the river. Um, is that because of like an education thing, or there's no there's nowhere for them to throw it either than the river? I think that the environmental problem here in the Philippines goes beyond discipline or environmental things, because we also have an economic problem. There are informal settlers that tend to live along these rivers. It could be Pasig River, other rivers here in the country. So these informal settlers, they don't really have a place to do their laundry, to do their, you know, to throw waste in. Sometimes they like take poop and pee and then do their laundry in the same place. Not just because they don't have education, but also because they're not they don't have the means. They don't have the proper income to be able to provide themselves with a proper location, a proper house. This is why this zero waste thing in the Philippines is very hard to tackle. And I agree with with what Jude said, which is that it should be one step at a time and we can't just do it all immediately in one big project. That's right. And you know what, Kate, with what you've said a while ago, it actually validates the thought and the idea that environmental issues in the Philippines, actually not just in the Philippines, but in the entire globe, it's not just an environmental issue. It's actually also a socio-economic issue. Thank you so much for that insight. Since this podcast is targeted to people like us, maybe the youth or people who are looking to make a difference as an individual, let's focus on something that we can do something about.
visible waste versus invisible waste. From my research, I saw that visible waste is something that we can see and something that we can comment on. Like, do we dispose of things in the proper waste? Is it in the biodegradable, non-biodegradable? Do we buy things in packaging? But meanwhile, a waste that goes unnoticed is called invisible waste. This is what we get when we buy something that has like a lot, millions of carbon footprint like behind it. Or for example, something is greenwashed to say that, oh, this is healthy for you. This is sourced from nature. But little did we know, the whole time it took to be transported, the shipping, the labor, all of it is contributing to the carbon footprint in the world. What do you guys think about this and how can we tackle both types of wastes? Okay, um, so when it comes to visible waste, I am a big, big junkie on like sourcing locally. Um, so what that means is like you get your food straight from the farmers. So they don't have to do all of this work to increase their carbon footprint or to create more um, invisible waste when transporting their goods. So for me, um, my family, we do source our food locally. And that's something we've been doing for, I think, two years. Yeah, two years now. And honestly, I don't know if this is like... Um, a brainwashing thing but then my food tastes amazing uh, when it's locally sourced and then when it comes to invisible waste um, with like air pollution carbon dioxide etc um, I try my best not to go out um, and use car public transport because at the same time there is a there is still a pandemic in the Philippines so if I go out I might, you know, infect myself and my family. So I really just try my best to stay at home and to not use the aircon a lot. You mentioned that you've been using local products for around two years now, which is great. And I let me come over in your house so that I can, you know, taste your local cooking. That yeah, definitely, so definitely. But there's a misconception, or maybe it's true, I don't know, that locally sourced food is overpriced. Is it really overpriced or is it just the branding that makes it overpriced? I think it's the branding that makes it overpriced. Um, because for me, when my family goes to like the wet market to get like vegetables and other things, uh, they don't really inflate the price as compared to like high-end groceries um, with brands that like package yeah. it, right? Because um, in like the wet market, you don't... Because um, for us, we use like recyclable bags, tote bags, etc. to get our food. So we try to lessen the plastic that we use. Um, and it isn't necessarily overpriced, unlike, for example, like SNR or Landers, where it's like um, like twice the price, for example. Interesting. So there are also alternatives like napalenques that we have. I guess that can be considered zero waste or low waste too if we bring our own containers for the, for the vegetables and for the meat. Yeah, I think um, bringing your own containers is a good idea because um, I think it's all in plastics, isn't it? In yeah. Wet markets. So speaking of wet markets, um, are there any other options for ways to limit the invisible waste that you produce? Well, for me, I'm, I'm thinking of the answer of, of for that question. And I feel like that question is very broad and encompassing yeah. Yeah. So, but um, lifestyle choices or lifestyle changes doesn't doesn't come overnight uh to to summarize what what we can do for we can do for i mean this direction of zero waste 
we can always have three levels so that's that's what we always campaign for that's from your seat so it's more of educating yourself um sharing environmental practices to your friends or to your social media and basically um going outside to your eco chamber and you listening now is somewhat a step in order for you to go outside your eco chamber because you you wanted to learn more and you wanted to be educated more in this particular topic and then right now during the pandemic just to to bring it back to the to the main point of the the podcast most of the delivery apps right now you can already request and put into the note that you won't like to get utensil level 2 that we're trying to think about is what we can do from home what we can do from home so if you will be able to cook your food at home rather than delivering it then it gives us an idea of a lesser contribution to the carbon footprint and of course assessing your own waste let's say for example if you just go after this podcast check your garbage bin and what is your usual garbages or waste that you produce then from that you will be able to know where can you start from reducing of what waste you're producing so from what i got from that was that we shouldn't focus on what we cannot control but rather put our energy into things that we can control like those small things even if they seem like small if a lot of the people here in the philippines do it then it will create a bigger impact Because for invisible waste, I feel like that's something that can only be tackled in a business level or a corporate level. Because you know, with the economy, it's really linear, like what Jude said earlier, and it's another topic for them to try to go towards a more circular one. As a consumer, we cannot really control that, but we can control what we consume. We can try to choose as much choices that are green as possible. But sometimes you really cannot avoid it, and that's okay as long as we're trying. And this is super related to the next topic, which is our next topic will be covering zero waste and awareness. So it's all about what a zero waste lifestyle is all about and how we can utilize it in our day-to-day life. So zero waste is sort of like a buzzword now, like. All the cool kids want to be zero waste. <laughs> um, but besides just it being a fad, um, how can even the average person commit to a zero waste lifestyle? Okay. Um, in my opinion, zero waste isn't like um, like a concept. It's more like a lifestyle. So as Jude said a while ago, like, we need to have commitment when we are pursuing zero waste and a zero waste lifestyle. And I think it's also very self-explanatory. Like zero waste is a concept of waste reduction. So as people that are pursuing zero waste, it's important that we look for alternatives that could help us reduce our waste. Um, because it's not easy to get like zero waste production at the end of the day. It's step by step. It's one step at a time, as Jude mentioned before. And um, in the Philippines scenario, I have to admit we do have limited options when it comes to sustainability and zero waste. But I think the most or what we can do as individuals is trying to just limit the amount of plastic we're using at the end of the day and also being aware. So, for example, if something new comes out that could help us or like a solution from different organizations that we can use because from my research, there is actually an app now that gives people money in return for their waste. 
Um, so if that actually becomes a success, then that's definitely one major step that people can use to become zero waste. I totally agree with what Tier said and to connect with what Jude and Kit was saying earlier, that it's not really a pressuring thing. It's more like a lot of people do little by little at a time, then it can impact the um, world more. So. How about you, Jude? How do you um, utilize zero waste and how do you um, live a zero waste lifestyle? Yeah, that's really effective with whatever Tier has mentioned a while ago. And to our listeners who would like to at least try it out or to pursue zero waste, um, like what I always mention, that zero waste will require us for lifestyle changes. And going towards this lifestyle shift of lifestyle or lifestyle change, doesn't call for you buying for a metal straw or or buying for a bamboo to- toothbrush just to just say that you're just to say that you're doing something for the environment well well actually if you will just go to your kitchen you can see a lot of alternatives and and that's that's technically uh, already as a step or a baby step in order for you to to have that um, lifestyle change we can be creative on choices that we have grab an eco bag whenever you do groceries that's already a step in order for you to create that lifestyle change and if, if you will have that as part of your habit you it will just become part of your system in the long run you'll never know that you're creating already big impacts with these very small changes that you've made which is based on your capacity and the things that you can commit with to commit into rather. Exactly. I um, really like the answer of Jude because being a person that wants to um, help the environment and urge other people to be zero waste, um, I always find that it's most useful to not pressure anyone into doing it. Don't be a toxic person. It's all about um, informing them and letting them know that you know, um, we understand that maybe sometimes you may need to use plastic, but little steps that you can take um, come a long way. That's right, David. I like I like the fact that you've highlighted that because just to share my own experience into it, I started off by not um, choosing to use plastic cups. And guys, if, if you will try to imagine how hard that is, because... Really? Because all of the, the stuff, especially if you will buy a drink, and they, they will prefer someone who buys it. And if, if you will offer an alternative, like, can you please put it in my tumbler instead of putting it in my plastic cups? I mean, the, the people will not sell out their drinks for you because they needed to do that plastic cup inventory uh, at the end of the day. So. So basically, it, it gives me a lesser option because out of the three stores for drinks, only one accepts that alternative that I proposed <laughs> to, to put it in my tumbler. So at first, it's really, really hard on my end because, I mean, I wanted to try out other flavors of drinks other than the one that is being sold in the store, which allows me to put it in my own tumbler to, to reduce my plastic cups, right? I mean, consumption of plastic cups. But at the end of the day, you will just find yourself doing it normally and it will become part of your system. That's why I really like the fact that David highlighted a while ago. We should not be that annoying friend of telling people, you know what, you should change right away. Or you know what, you're, you're not becoming a very good citizen of the world because <laughs> you're, you're not changing your lifestyle like that. 
I mean, it's it's better for us to show it by example. Yes. And then by showing it to our friends through our own example, I bet and I and I'm telling you that is very that's a very good um persuasive strategy or persuading strategy for your other friends to to follow suit because they can see that it works well on you. Yeah, that's super true. Like this also happened to me. I was, you know, struggling, commuting, MRT everywhere, and it's all disposables, of course. So I would go to each stall and be like, "Can you please accept my tumbler?" And my friend was like, "Why? Have a hard time in life." And I was like, "Oh, I just want to, you know, help the environment a little bit. I know it's not gonna be a lot, but I'll at least try." And then after a few months, my friend suddenly started doing the same thing, and I was like. Whoa! You're also gonna try to be heroic. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's actually like at least there's some places that are more accepting of it. Um, for our listeners, there's a um delicacy here in the Philippines known as a uh, street food, fish ball and quick quick, <laughs> and uh, tusok tusok. You can bring um you know your own Containers, container. Yeah, yeah, I remember, and then you can. And that's actually more healthy, here. David. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's healthier. Actually. And and you know what, Kit? I with that with the experience and the that's the story that you shared a while ago. In environmental conservation, if we wanted to have that lifestyle change, you have we have to ask ourselves also: to what extent do we yeah. sacrifice convenience over the environment? Because if you will be able, if you will do that, or if you will use that question as part of your reflection point, you will be able to assess also up to how much you can commit, and. And it will not require to commit to start committing on a big commitment, on a very large commitment. I mean, like what I said a while ago, just bringing an eco bag is actually a, a very big step already, or a start. I mean, a small step that you can start with for for your lifestyle change. I feel like being zero waste is a gradual journey. These things become ordinary to you. It's just yeah. a regular thing to bring your own Tupperware, to bring your own lunch, to use an info bag. Once those things become normal, you can add another thing in your life. For example, you can add composting. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I um, especially like that. But then, I think for the listeners, um, one thing you can do is always to do more research on little things you can do. Like um, we were already talking about. Things such as using echo bags, your own container, but maybe there's alternatives that you can do. So that moves on to our next topic, which is ways to limit waste production. So most people immediately have a mental block when you mention, "Oh, I'm trying to go zero waste. You should try it too." The moment that someone says it, they think. Oh, it's too hard. It's not possible. I and this thought that. Is, really? Yeah, I really that. thought that. And that's why it's important to state concrete ways to limit waste production. Because once they see that it's actually not that difficult, once you get used to it, then they're going to be interested in it. And once you can show them the convenience of it, for example, when you use reusable bottles instead of disposable ones, You don't need to keep looking for a trash can. You can just use your own bottle, and you can just keep reusing it. It's actually, in a way, more convenient, depending on your perspective on it. So, leading on to that, I want to ask Tier and Jude 
what unique ways have you found out on limiting waste production aside from the ones we already mentioned? All right. When it comes to waste production, I don't think there's like a one-size-fits-all solution, as I mentioned a while ago. And especially when there is a pandemic, I think it's like extra, extra, extra hard um, to find sustainable ways to limit your waste. Um, and especially with like deliveries all the time, with like fast food and like Shopee and Lazada. You know, you can't really tell the driver to be like, oh, I don't want plastic on my thing because that their protocol is to put plastic on it. So that's not really going to happen. Um, so for me, I think the only thing that I can do at home, I think it's a hard step. But for me, when I was trying this, I was like, it was very difficult for me. I stopped ordering from Grab, guys. Like, I don't order oh. Grab um and that was a very difficult thing for me because in the past like when the pandemic started i used to order like almost every day like coke float and chicken nuggets but then now no more like i just go to the grocery and get what i need and then that's all like i don't I think have... i can do i can do that here I yeah it's one. very hard like i have to be satisfied with vegetables and uh fruits which is i hate it but you know it's uh for for my good anyway so that's really cool how you're able to do that. Like the amount of willpower to resist the grab app. But for those who are still struggling, I think that it's okay to limit yourself. For example, in every two months, you can only order from grab once. Something like that. Because sometimes you can't completely give it up, especially for people who live alone maybe and there's no one to cook for them and there's an emergency or if you're super, super tired. Sometimes you just have to give yourself a pass. Something that I did before when I was really, really trying to get into zero waste was to give myself three strikes every month to use whatever single-use plastic that I needed. And when I would exceed over those three strikes, then it would take up the next one in the next month. So if I did four plastic utensils during January, on February, I only have two strikes left. So that's a way to discipline myself, but that's also good. giving myself leeway to do something in case of an emergency or like something that I'm really tempted by. So trying to save the environment, but still living, like still... <laughs> You know, trying your best to um, not make it so that your life is so um, miserable. miserable. Yeah, because you're not exactly. used to it yet. Yeah. But once you're used to it, you wouldn't need those strikes anymore. Because yeah. you're already like living that lifestyle is integrated in your life already. Yeah, and I think if everyone tried to do something like that, then less waste, less waste. So um, besides the grab food and utensils, there are other available alternatives so do you want to go through these available alternatives with us you know changing into a sustainable lifestyle should always aim for progress and not for perfection right and when i say that it means that we should really assess ourselves on what can we commit into so like like three levels so the first level is what you can do from your seat which are you can educate yourself and then you know one thing that one thing that I've learned and I find it very creative also is to think first before you add to cart. And when I say you think yes. first before you add to cart, you really need to ask yourself, do I really need that? Ah, that's so hard. Right? Do you you know David? We're on the same <laughs> boat. We're on the same boat there, but we're we're trying our best. We're trying. 
we're, we're trying our best. If you get to Google right now and after this conversation, you can you can search it up. We have what we call the hierarchy of needs. So you can just search it up. The hierarchy of needs. It's of course it's a meme of hierarchy of needs. But it it asks you um reflection points whether to get that product that you want to add add to cart <laughs> add to cart or not. Second way we can shift to to a more sustainable lifestyle is of course from home, right? Like what Tier said a while ago, instead of delivery, he opted to to do the grocery on his own and then prepare his own food and then do ha- uh, do have some lives um I mean choices on on the food intake that he is getting, etc. And then of course saving energy, saving resources um, as much as possible. Um, recycling the way how we can do it, and of course the level three is doing it from uh, for our community or from the community joining advocacies, and of course um, one thing that we can also think about is to influence others, and all by bringing influence others by bringing our own reusables and being that example. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I like how there's like a chart for it. Like there's a reference point. It's like a guide, but the hierarchy. So there's a guide on how to start and being zero waste. Actually, like you don't even need to just completely limit yourself from waste. It could be something like you're buying something that has waste. Yes, let's say I bought a shirt from Shopee, but that shirt I'm not gonna discard it after one month. I'm going to use it for years, so I get the value out of that product. That's one of the lower levels of limiting waste production, but in a way, it's still contributing. And if that's all you can do for now, then that's okay. Then next time, you can just try to add more to it. Try to limit yourself even more. It's all a journey for. It's a process for all of us. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're all trying to go through this journey together. That's why we're trying to educate other people, and just so that you know the journey is less lonely. Right? Mm-hmm. It's much easier to. Live a zero waste lifestyle. It's not if it's just not just you, but in a super non toxic way. <laughs> toxic friend. Right now, alternatives are kind of hard to get, or they may be a little bit pricey. But if you can afford it, and if you have the opportunity to get those alternatives, it would be great for you to do so, for every one of us to do so. Because the more people buy into these alternatives, the more it can be available for everyone. Because if we create a demand for it. Then these businesses will be able to provide supply for not just people who have money for it, and it can even reach um, rural areas, not just urban areas. Actually, you know, it's kind of the opposite. It's urban areas that need waste management and yeah. zero waste items the most, because in rural living, they're already used to reusing what they have. Exactly. So, with that being said, I think.、Um... We can hear from Jude first, and then Tier about their final thoughts about、um, our topic for today, and maybe a little bit of a piece of advice that they'd like to leave to the listeners. Um. Yeah. Like like what I always as as a final thought for this to our listeners who would like to to venture more on sustainable lifestyle, going towards zero waste. Uh. Three three points. Number one, always make sure. To check on what you can commit with to. Of course, you don't like to commit on something that you don't that that you can't carry out. 
like in the relationships, right? You don't like to commit on a relationship if you can't handle it well. So the same, <laughs> same goes with, and and I'm talking about our relationship to the environment, and same 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 with your relationships. I mean, on a personal level, it's it's also the same with our relationship to the environment. Don't get into a commitment that you can't carry out. It's simply because you can't do it at this point, and it doesn't mean and it doesn't make less of you. Or it doesn't make less of who you are if you won't be able to commit on that big commitment yet. Then second, um, always look into what you can contribute into in the three levels that I've mentioned a while ago. So the level level one, which is from your seat, level two, which is from home, and level three is from your community. And last but technically not the least, the point that I would like to highlight: always aim for progress and not for perfection. And in that way, you'll see how much you can in- contribute into in this particular conversation and and the progress that you're making along the way. And of course, don't be that annoying friend who will always say that, "Oh, I have been doing this, and then you're not doing this, etc." Because, like what I said, we have our own personal conversion stories and we have our own sustainable lifestyle stories. And with that, um, yeah, I I hope you will be. I hope this particular conversation became your eco chamber to learn more about it, and I hope you will not stop learning from this. That was a wonderful um, speech. Um, but then for me, I think yeah, just like with what um, our hosts and with what Jude said already, um, you don't have to be like super hard on yourself when doing zero waste because at the end of the day, progress is still progress. So. No matter how small uh, your progress is for the day, that's still better than what other people are doing. Like doing something is better than doing nothing at all, right? Um, and when tackling zero waste, you know, as I said in the last podcast uh, session, the first step is always the biggest step you're gonna take because you know when you do that first step, you're gonna have the momentum to keep on going, and it's just a matter of trying to. Finspire yourself and finspiring your community. Um, wow, I like that. Finspire. Yeah, right. Very safe. <laughs> yeah, it's like finspiring yourself to um, tackle sustainability and to achieve um, more ethical ways of um, zero waste for the environment. So yeah, that's my advice for everyone, and I hope you're inspired by the conversation that we've given to you for today. So thank you so much, Tyr and Jude, for this wonderful conversation that we had. In short, do we stop buying things and produce no waste at all? No. But do we try reducing our waste gradually to a point that we think twice before throwing anything away, or as Jude said, before adding anything to our cart? Yes. And now it is about amplifying the current efforts and inspiring more people to become catapults for change. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to The Biosphere, and we hope to see you next time. The Biosphere is presented to you by Biomes Manila. We would like to extend our thanks to the hosts, speakers, and music creators for making this venture possible. Ready to dive in and make a change? Follow us on Instagram at biomes.mnl and Facebook at biomesmanila. Stay updated on our social media platforms for more information regarding our podcast and future events, 
just like this. Biomes Manila, using biomes as a catapult for change since 2020. Thank you.